Hello and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we are going to have an absolutely amazing show for you today. So amazing, I have to read this disclaimer. Today's podcast may contain drug, sexual, and possible violent references. This particular episode is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. So with that out of the way, I would like to... I would like to welcome my very special guest, Tyler Johnson. You may know him as the Ginger from Rhythm Antics, DJ Take Pants Off, or the Wook of the Warehouse. So today, we are here to talk about the rise and fall of the warehouse. An underground music venue ran out of, of course, a warehouse in the West Bottoms district of Kansas City. Um, from humble beginnings, the warehouse quickly became a staple in the Kansas City area. It's an after-party club, a place where always something was always going on. Well... Mr. Johnston, let me get you started with a question we've all been dying to get an answer to. How many wooks does it take to change a light bulb? Depends on the wooks, for sure. Depends on the wooks, for sure. That's a very good answer. Um, okay, on to, now, on to now something a little bit more serious. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, what inspired you to get into music and the uh, enter- entertainment industry? Yeah, everything really started. Um, I grew up in a pretty religious family. Uh, my mom worked heavily at the church, and I helped her out with organizing weddings and events and running the soundboard, plugging in all of the everything, and running the lights and the cameras, too, so that we could videograph, videograph, uh, video the weddings, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, what did you want to do when you were in elementary school? I really thought I wanted to get into programming until I started programming. Oh, makes sense. That is a stressful one. Oh, yeah. uh, what kind of person were you in high school? Um, I was kind of a shit bum. I didn't get along with many people, got in a lot of fights, and um, was heavily into drugs. And I ended up going to rehab when I was about 17, and I've been clean from opiates ever since. Yeah. Oh, congratulations on the sobriety, friend. Uh, fucking high school is, is hard on all of us. I think I was in rehab at 17 too. Um, so what was the first concert you went to and what are some concerts that have stood out to you in either good ways or bad ways? Have you ever been to a shit show? Oh yeah, definitely been to a shit show or two. I've also been a part of a shit show or two. <laughs> um, um, first concert I ever went to was actually Weezer and Coheed and Cambria Manchester Orchestra at the City Market. But the show that really blew me away was Pretty Lights and Zed's Dead at the Midland. I won tickets to it when I was a junior in high school, 2013. Um, I went there, Pretty Lights, like the Lasers. It was the first show ever with his live band. And it just blew me away, and I was hooked. And it kind of sucked, sucked you in, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot. Everybody gets their first show, and it's something amazing like that, and they immediately they get sucked in. It's either they, they're, they're in or they're out, and they never go back. Or they're immediately in, and they start getting a passion for it. Um, could you describe yourself in uh, one sentence? Um, not really. Not no. really? Okay. Uh, what do you enjoy most about what you do? Um, honestly, just seeing the looks on people's faces, like that first show, that ZZ and Pretty Light show, I know that my face was probably magnificent. I was probably blown away, jaw dropped. And, you know, the people who were putting on that show probably had a similar reaction to seeing my face as I do of our patrons, you know, at our shows. You get that energy going and that vibe, and mm-hmm. it's just absolutely something yeah. beautiful. Um, if you could go back 10 years and give yourself some advice, what would it be? 
Um, 10 years. So I'd be what, 16 years old. Um, honestly, I just, I tell myself to not get involved with drugs. Really? Like it's, it ruins a lot of stuff, ruins a lot of relationships. Knock that shit off. I think, I think that's exactly uh, what I tell myself. Knock that shit off. Uh, where do you see yourself in uh, five years, ten years? I'd like to have a festival that um, with my friends that competes with Dance Fest on a local level. That would be absolutely amazing, and I look forward to being there one day. Um, how do you feel the EDM scene is recovering in these post-pandemic times? Yeah, it's taken a little while, but um, we're finally really to a point where I think people are comfortable going out again. And, um, I mean, nobody's really worried like they were anymore, but it took two years. Yeah, it took, took a long time. It's been hard times for all of us, but I absolutely agree. I feel like people are finally comfortable going out again. Two Um, weeks turned into two years. Yeah. Two weeks turned into (laughs) two years. Um, how would you describe the word "wook"? Do you think it's a compliment? Do you think it's a diss? Do you think it's a badge of honor? Do you consider yourself a wook? Yeah, it all depends how you say it um, and the context, you know. Um, there are good wooks, there are bad wooks. Uh, I like to think of myself as a good wook, and I do think of myself as a wook on a lot of occasions. Um, but um, it definitely does get a bad connotation in the festival scene a lot of times, but people also do use it in a positive manner yeah, as well. I, I have absolutely seen, seen wook used in a positive manner. I definitely think there are a lot of neg- negative connotations because of bad wooks. I definitely... <laughs> Tyler is a good look. <laughs> I clean up after myself, at least. We are now joined by Sarah McMillan, all father of the Wooks. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Let's get into the thick of it. How exactly did the warehouse get started? Whose idea was it? Was it originally your plan and intention to start a music venue? Um. Well, I mean, shit. Where do I start? Um... I mean, it was originally John and Tyler's idea, but yeah, yeah. Um, John has this habit of just buying random shit sometimes. He's like, man, I just bought an accordion right. today. But today, he bought, uh, he bought a warehouse, you know? So um, we just kind of, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, <laughs> one of the first shows that we had there, we didn't, I, I hit up a bunch of DJs and a bunch of people to come through. And we had no table even to put the equipment on. Oh, so I stacked a bunch of tires and put a door, (laughs) like just a door on top, and then uh, we put the uh, DDJ SX2 on the table around the door, and then ran all the cables through the doorknob hole in the door <laughs> down to the speakers. And I mean, I was just like, kind of how we started shit. Yeah, yeah that, first, that's that ingenuity you got to have. Yeah, yeah the, the Wook engineering. It, it was like, the yeah, first night we got the keys, it was like nothing but like a tent and a moon mat and a Bluetooth speaker and like five friends. And we're mm-hmm. all just sitting on the floor looking around this dilapidated warehouse. Like, you know, it... It was really crazy to see the first night and then how far it came. But the first night we were just, we had, we had really no vision for it. Like, Did you we, ever imagine that it was going to get so big so quickly? Not really. I mean, like the first six months, it wasn't big that quick. It was, we kind of didn't really know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have like a social media following. We didn't really have like a, like any kind of team really. It was just a group of friends. With a warehouse. Partying in a warehouse? Yeah, partying in a warehouse, yeah. An empty warehouse. A completely empty warehouse. It was nothing in there. And, like, we didn't, we were just, like, 
we wanted a creative space more yeah. than anything. We bathroom didn't, didn't work. Bathroom didn't work. <laughs> bathroom didn't work. <laughs> um, funny story. Uh, one night, uh, I, I cleaned up the warehouse, you know, in the morning after one of our shows. And our, we completely took the toilet out of the bathroom. So there's no toilet in there at all. And we took the light bulb out, so there's no light. <laughs> and still, somebody went into the bathroom, shit on the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, what they wiped with, I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't it's a mystery. Know. It's a mystery. Um, what were some of the concerns you ha- had in general? What were some of the things that, when you're first starting, how are we going to do this? Money concerns, safety concerns. What, 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 were, what were those? Yeah, uh, we were, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, we were about uh, violence, of course. You know, it's like the biggest thing to avoid with any space, you know, and any gathering people. Random people yeah. would come in, like, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we didn't really have, know what we were doing. It was like not really a whole lot of security. So random people would come in and we were just trying to be yeah. welcoming, you know. But, but but in time, we learned from that. We learned yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah we, got, sure. we got wands. We started hiring actual security. Um, but, the first but even after that, that was, uh, I still got punched straight in my face like once or twice. Oof. People like, are a little wild, yeah. No, yeah, like absolutely. I mean, we weren't running a we weren't yeah. running a, an actual concert. Yeah, I remember, we were running um, a, a warehouse. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> I remember this dude. Um, someone followed him from uh, I want to say Aura to Mosaic and then to the warehouse. Jesus. And then he dedicated. came to me and he was like, "Hey, this guy's been following me venue to venue, and he's trying to fight me." So. I went up to the guy he was talking about, and I tried to kick him out, and he's like, hey, my brother's in the bathroom. So I went and waited outside the bathroom for his brother. As soon as the door opened, he thought his brother was going to back him up, so he decked me square in the face. Oh, wow. And I wrapped him up, and I kind of carried him out towards the door, and then Levi, which was our actual doorman, uh, grabbed him, and then this guy decked him in the face and took his tooth out, front tooth out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So how did your confidence and feelings change over the time? How did you, yeah, how did your confidence f- change over time when you fr- from when you first started to towards the end there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I'm an extrovert, so I feed off of other people's energies, you know, and having a lot of people having a great time in the warehouse uh, made me very happy. Oh, seeing it grow was just like the most magical thing ever. Like after we got our security team down and we got like all of our like our house vendors down, like the light dudes, sound dudes, like everybody was in their space. It ran like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, but like it took every, six months to get there. It took six months yeah. to get there, but once it, we were selling out shows almost every single weekend, and it was almost to the point where like. I didn't even mind if I was getting paid sometimes, which I was, but you know, it was fun to walk in there and just have fun mm-hmm. with my friends at the same time as we're, you know, creating Absolutely. a beautiful space for everybody. It was just so fun watching it grow. Do you have any particular particular show that you are most proud of producing? Oh, uh, I mean, the New Year's show with Underworld was phenomenal. We had probably six, seven hundred people in that warehouse, and then, which is kind of ridiculous. And then there was that. another rave in the under part. Like, of like there was another rave in the under part of um, the building next to us who was that i think it was chris <laughs> yeah. chris uh, gave out um, those coins or, or i don't think it was yeah yeah gold coin but, party yeah but yeah. so everybody was walking back and forth between <laughs> our Marty two parties it was like a block <laughs> party it was it was so fun and yeah yeah it literally turned into a whole block party yeah but there was no there was a few sh- shows that were really good like Rekno like before Rekno was Rekno super, super big future was him, awesome him him and his whole crew were awesome um Feelmonger for Dubs giving or uh yeah Dubs giving 
was awesome. Which Dubs Giving was the first show I ever threw, like uh, just in a field in Shawnee. In a field. Yeah. Okay. And big, it wasn't just big bonfire. EDM. It wasn't just EDM all yeah. the time either. Like we we had like jazz bands. We had magic shows. We had like open mic. Yeah, there was a magic show the night of like it was actually New Year's I think that there was like a ma- there was like a magic show between like um, people. Or it wasn't it wasn't really us throwing it, but it was somebody else. I think it was the the New Year's people that had them on. Underworld? I I do not recall. I believe <laughs> that there it was it was either that night or something. I don't I don't remember. But I, don't know. I feel like I feel like we is, were generally jokesters. Huh. Um yeah. Well, my point is, you know, we uh, we it was just it it was very. Very on. open and community based, yeah, rather than just yeah, being we, like specifically like music based, where you know most venues are. How would you uh, balance work, life, social, social life? Uh, I did not have a ton of balance. It's pretty much all in at the warehouse once we got it going. Like I lived there. I um, Tyler was. It was, the, it was my the life. It was everything. Yeah. Everything it was to me. it was just so fun to come back there. Like I was not doing very good at that time either. I don't think any of us were, but you know it provided. But together to- we found happiness. Yeah, right? it was it was just so fun. Like we were doing a lot better towards the end of it than at the beginning. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Like it was a big, big, big learning experience. Like for all of us, I think. Oh yeah. A lot yeah. of everybody that was involved is like grown exponentially now, and I think it was because that experience kind of accelerated our uh our um i don't know what the word is but Um, (laughs) okay so going into this obviously there's not too much funding it's just you guys just your friends what are some of the challenges that posed and do you feel like there are any bonuses that you're doing it all yourself um i mean being your own boss is obviously the biggest bonus you know um, I didn't have to really listen to anybody at all. You know, I did whatever I wanted all the time. Yeah, and that, that was, was awesome. That but was the funnest part. I also uh, struggle to moderate myself, and I'm an addict. You know, so yeah, I I, I spiral sometimes. <laughs> but you know, but at the end of the day, it worked out. Okay, if you could book any three artists for a warehouse show, who do you book? Ah, uh, shit. I changed my mind week by week, pretty much. <laughs> I go yeah. with, with a new ridiculous lineup. He talks about Curry. Richard Cheese like every five seconds. He yeah, really yeah. wants Richard Cheese, yeah. man. We need uh, Richard Cheese, Joji, Oliver Tree. <laughs> Dude, uh, Oliver Tree in the warehouse. That would be yeah. that would be uh, next level. And awesome. you know what? He would. I feel like we could have like some kind of wacky shit, like like a skateboard, a skate, a scooter yeah, ramp. A scooter ramp. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. Was. I, like we would have big ideas like you know like if we were to book somebody then we would do something over the top for them you know yeah. like and even with 30 it's yeah, yeah. dirty i mean i remember i thought um i thought uh Recno's manager was Recno and he's got a group called uh Recno's Bussy Boppers that, yeah yeah <laughs> so uh she had a she took a just a little build a bear kind of thing and it wrote, wrote Bussy on it, on yeah. it. So and it was hanging from and the canopy backstage. And he was like, "Oh my god!" Well, I thought I thought that his manager was Rekno. I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't really look him up. So I just like I was like, "Hey, 
Bussy bear <laughs> and Chanston was talking to him like in a business fashion and uh, yeah but his Rekno, face was Rekno gold. understood so much like he was oh, yeah. he was he was very much it. he felt very much like one of us like I had got there a little late and since I was doing hospitality I was trying to find everybody that was from out of town like touch base with them and I was like running around looking for him and I sat down next to him behind the stage and I was like oh man dude I've been looking for you forever and he's like dude it's all good we're having a great time here like and they were the most welcoming like open mm. people like they came and had so much fun and like really yeah. not a lot of people there. yeah dude I, I didn't expect him to blow up like he did for real, but <laughs> so collabing with Grizz it happens real quick this was obviously a collaborative effort between a lot of friends what mm -hmm. were some of the pros and cons of working with so many people were there splits on direction um anything yeah. like that i mean we were all friends before mm -hmm. and because of that there were times where our friendships were you know tried by business but that made us grow stronger yeah, way, way stronger like we're all still such good friends yeah and yeah. like and honestly like the, that was also like it was it was a big plus to have a big community space like that mm -hmm. i love just watching everybody come in like you know like all the vendors everybody was like mm -hmm. from a different spot. shout out brian maves become yeah. more shout out veneer shout out to izzy we love you um but it was in just watching the whole community come together and add their all of their their stuff into one space like mm -hmm. that was you know, one of our biggest goals was to create yeah. a creative space yeah. for everybody, um, not just a, con a concert venue. You could come yeah, there have and the festy vibe. Indoors, yeah, you know, at all times, like yeah. you could come in and just paint. Mm -hmm. You could come in and like yeah. cry hence, to hence your friends. The canopies, you, you know, like we built, we put up canopies and lights and stuff to you try and create that festy skate, vibe. You know, like you could just come skateboard. In. I was longboarding in circles around the place all the time. You could just hop on the decks if you wanted to. There was mm -hmm. a lot of people that were. There was a lot of learning and a lot of like collaboration that went on there. Like yeah. almost every time I walked in, there was like DJs or somebody on the <laughs> stage, and it really didn't even matter what time or what day it was. Mm -hmm. There was always somebody up there yep. doing uh, something. Always. Be six a.m. Doesn't matter. Like <laughs> what? Uh, what did your parents think of it? Did My they? Did they it. know? Did they? Yeah. How? What did your parents think? Um. Of it? Honestly, one of the first warehouse shows, I uh, went to Costco with my mom, and she bought a bunch of snacks and <laughs> stuff, and we sold it from behind a bar. Yeah, yep. She was super supportive. Uh, like Halloween, she's got a ton of decorations because she worked at Hallmark. Um, yeah, and she brought just, out like uh, a bunch of spider webs, a bunch of lights. It's just awesome when you have supportive yeah. parents like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, parents always are, been there for my parents are super, super like me. They're hippies, and I brought my mom and my dad, and they they loved it. They they had a great they had a great time. I don't think that we like everybody everybody's parents that came always had a good time. Okay. Well, a lot of people love the warehouse for the music, the art, the freedom, the expression, uh, the vibe. A lot of people look down upon it as a place to do drugs, a drug den. How do you feel about this image? What did you kind of do to combat that image? Okay, so it just kind of came with us trying to be open and accepting of everybody and people just kind of took advantage of it mm -hmm. you know absolutely like, and like it you know you let somebody slide and they start ice skating mm -hmm. i mean like towards the end when we got like a security team and everything that that was not allowed mm -hmm. and you know and if people were doing that then it was under our noses like and it's like we did not approve of that it was just mostly like us trying to be open and everybody be like themselves you mm -hmm. know like 
but we were just not we weren't allowing people to have drug dens out of there like but you know it's also an underground rave yeah, exactly we can't stop stop everything. that how do you like, even begin yeah, right and it's like no you know way. like even you go to a bar you're gonna see you're gonna have that you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna you have go to aura you go to anywhere yeah. like you literally go anywhere you go to the midland you go like to the riot room you're gonna see that and you know and it's not like the people that are running that are approving of that mm-hmm. and no nobody is yeah, nobody I mean, is we, intentionally we security doing that. A ton of times, you know, throughout mm-hmm. everything. The we, bought, we bought wands to, um, you know, magnet everybody. And we're marketing to the going. EDM kit, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. our, that's our base, you know, and it, you know, we can't stop everything. Um, did you ever have a plan for in case somebody overdosed or something like that? Did something, yeah. anything like that ever happen? Did we got nine one one on quick dial. Nine one one on quick dial. Yeah. We had, we had Narcon and we had we, oh, we a first aid kit. Always we had a first had aid kit at the at the booth, you know, at the door. Always. Okay, that that's good. That that's good to know that mm-hmm. you had that plan in yeah, mind. Yeah, we knew like the the cops were really cool with us. Like, and they, you know, they anytime we had to call nine one one, they were always there with it there within five minutes. Mm-hmm. There's a station not too far from there, um. So, yeah, and like really at the end of everything, as far as that goes, like the only issues we ever really had was just too much ketamine and <laughs> that just. Give them a Coca-Cola, yeah, uh, a little bit like, of sugar. Yeah, we always had to keep yeah. like lots of backup soda pop that nobody was allowed, you know. Chocolate like, bars. <laughs> <stuff like> that. <laughs> Can you describe the average day working at the warehouse, say an average Friday, you have a show that night? What? How, how's that go? Um, a it lot depends of on who you are. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, for me, a lot of sweeping. Definitely a lot of sweeping. Cleaning, lots of cleaning. Yeah, yeah. wipe for everybody. Shit down, sweeping. Um, but I mean, for me, uh, you know, making the flyer, actually like making the flyer, talking to the artists, and then um, trying to make sure as many people as possible get to see the flyer. You know, and whether that's going out to a show and putting in people's face, um, you know, on print or on social media. You know, it's always it's always like the biggest part of everything's promotion. Okay. Um, so do any of you, did you, any of you guys have any further education or training before you went into this or all just high school? Um, I mean, I don't know I'm about like John and Chanston. Hmm. I know they're very smart. And yeah. I mean, we all have diplomas. Um, <laughs> we, all, <laughs> we all have diplomas. Yeah. I mean, I tried community <laughs> college for a little bit. Um, I, wasn't really I realized ever much of a school I person. didn't know what I wanted to do with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's not but, for everybody. Yeah. I think it would be for me, you know, at some point, but uh, just I would have to know where I want to go with it, you know, before it would really work for me. Um, how did you handle the stress of running the warehouse and what was some of the most difficult things about running the warehouse? Oh, boy. Dude, dude, it was the crowd. The crowd was wild. We never knew what to expect from the crowd. It was like the issues never like after mm. we established a team, then the issues never really came from inside. It was always wondering yeah. who is going to yeah, come I in mean, here I and like do to think of- what kind of fuck shit. And that was what gave us a bad reputation was people would come in there and do crazy shit. But we are we are dreading that 10 times more than anybody else because we know that whatever anybody else does there is going to come back on us hardcore no matter how hard we try to stop it absolutely there has been plenty of fucking times that i have been there and i'm like (laughs) 
you know, I, we're having a great, we're having a great, great night. And then um, somebody steals a car. Or steals something. a car. Wow. Yeah. yeah like, about to ask. Yeah. Do you have any wild stories? Somebody Anything got the car out? stolen. Yeah, yeah. This guy was asleep on the couch, and I guess somebody stole the keys out of his pocket oh, and went and st- stole his car. And then he came, comes into the office where our team were de- mm-hmm. decompressing, and he starts going off on us oh, about man. how he thought that we did it, and there was multiple people still there and asleep, mm-hmm. and we're like. We just don't want people in our office. We want the front door locked, you know, like, you know, so I thought that they were all friends and yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he made it sound like it was one of his friends so. yeah he is like he's like asking where all his, like the people that were there went like he they were they were talking before they went to bed yeah, I, I think that was were, the one time we ran back the cameras on the buildings uh, yeah across the street. Mm-hmm. okay I've heard uh, rumors that people brazenly having sex out in the open is that true? And how would you go about breaking that up? Um, okay, the tires. <laughs> the tires out back. Who sees a tire and thinks, damn. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, I mean, I wasn't there for that, that night specifically, but um, that's something that happened and we had to go stop. I'm pretty sure it was Levi that had to stop yeah. it. He uh, And he's the front door guy. Like, you know, at that point, we didn't really have a security team. We mm-hmm. just really had Levi. So Levi... I guess I had Levi to go back was there. The whole security team, yeah, yeah Levi, he no, he was a great security guy. Shout out Levi, you yep, are the best. Yep. Shout out um, Graffiti Attic. Shout out Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. So he, I guess, went back there and just asked them politely to stop having sex on her tire. <laughs> <Politely. laughs> like, well, can you not? <laughs> can you finish already? Yeah, can you like go do that somewhere else? <laughs> um. But, what are some regular, just random fun memories you have of run, run, running the warehouse? Oh, there's so many, so, so many. Um, I mean, Halloween when Jay gave me the mic after he's like oh, shutting boy. down and there's like 30 of us still hanging out. Like, <laughs> and, we had a Shrek CD yeah, we and the CDJs. <laughs> and the CDJs. Oh, yeah, we could. The, the, dude, the CDJs, like, they just stopped working. There was like nothing working. So when he's like, I have this old Shrek CD. <laughs> so we popped it in. It was just like such a. I miss the mornings there. The mornings there were. Yeah. It's, so, like, it's like after everyone, all the, all the random people leave. And then it's just us. It's just the fam. It's the close fam. That was where the best times, like, we'd be riding around on hoverboards and, like, just whoever would be on stage performing who knows what, you know? Like, it was just such an intimate community vibe. Everybody coming together, like... So, uh, was there ever a moment in your head where everything's going great, security's going well, uh, we're making money? Where, where, at what point did you guys ever feel feel like that? I mean, yeah, towards the end, it yeah, was, after, everything it was, like was after going six really months, good. After six months, it was yeah. going great. Once, it was, once, once, uh, once Halloween came around, it was Ganja White Night. Uh, we sold out the warehouse for an after party for Ganja. Yeah, that was the and night that Levi or that Jay gave on, me the mic. That was it that was night. Like, from I have then pictures. on, it was like smooth sailing. We had our team together. Everybody was on point with their jobs. And, and it was just like... We had a position awesome. for everybody. Awesome. Like all of the like, light dudes and the sound dudes. Like we had Madeline and Levi on uh, security. We had like a few and few security people. Like we had like Chanson and John doing all the money and all, the, all the shit. Like, yeah. like everybody was in such a... We were Insane. in harmony. We were in such harmony. Like... Yeah, okay. for 
lack or lack of a better boy band, we were in sync. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously when you guys shut down, that's probably the antithesis. antithesis. The antics. Of the yeah, rhythm. that's yeah. probably the opposite, exact opposite of that. What were the actual reasons you guys were shut down? How did you deal with that? Yeah. Oh man, dude, I really wish we had chance in here to describe it. Uh, I was there. Uh, but, so the last the last show we threw at the warehouse was, uh, I mean, gonna be our biggest show, Symbonic and Zebler and Conti experience. We we spent the whole day before that Tyler, remodeling. Yeah. The entire the office, floor. the bathroom, backstage. And, we cleaned everybody's yeah. booths. We cleaned the stage. We literally mopped the floor. <laughs> we mopped the floor. Yeah, like, we didn't what? just like, sweep. We mopped. We mopped, the floor. dude. Like we went and, the extra mile there. And um, it this it was going to it was going too good to be true. Yeah, like it yep. was going way too good to be true. Yep. Like and the fact that the cops never had a case number. They never had a search warrant. They never yeah. showed any of that to us. Well, it was it was, it was an eviction. Um, we Not stopped a legal paying one. rent. It was legal. We stopped paying rent <laughs> because our lawyer told us to stop paying rent mm-hmm. because they only gave us half of the space that we were leasing. We were leasing eight thousand square feet. They so the warehouse the was supposed to be. I, I, and I remember the wall. Yeah. So the warehouse was supposed to be double the yep. size. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and obviously, we were for that. and obviously, mm-hmm. being able to double the size of your venue mm-hmm. is going to be able to double the yeah, amount of money, amount, amount of money. especially people. at the point that we yeah. were at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we were at that point. We were. We had been. She knew our landlord knew that, you know, and she took advantage of that. And then, because there was a woodworking shop next to us, right? So the guy was supposed to be out, and he never left, which was the reason why we had to stop paying rent i mean the the lawyer advised us not to so we wouldn't be complying with whatever yeah. shit that she had i mean would you pay rent on a house if you had yeah, some dude living, living in your attic in that. <laughs> like right that, yeah that exactly like you have a whole other me. house attached to yeah. your house and you can't use it that and you're still paying for it yeah yeah, we yeah i'm gonna winning. pay for my house and the house next door and i'm not gonna be able to use the house next door i'm just gonna use the house i'm in and that's totally fine but not, it's not fine. So what were the uh, feelings of the group and how do you feel the community as a whole? I feel like there's a huge outcry when everything happened. How did you guys feel? How do you feel like the community dealt with it? It depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah, uh, we all deal with things in different ways, absolutely. Uh, me and John, you know, we started the warehouse. I cried for a week. We we took uh, the all of the upholstery and the fabrics that we had stocked up there, we took it to our house, and we basically screened in our porch, you know, by just, uh, like... Uh, stapling a bunch of fabric to the to the walls of the porch and then I hung my projector and a screen and we created like a little movie theater mini warehouse on our porch because I don't know it helped me it helped me cope help me cope I yeah I was like I I remember going into the night of symbiotic I had came in at noon that day and I was cleaning all day and like I had such a like connection with the warehouse like it just really it hit me hard you know like it, it hit me really really hard and it hit a lot of the community really hard too and like a lot i of know people, a lot of play, people consider that like their second home it yeah they spent of, most of their time there 
Yeah, I mean, every weekend we uh, we had shows every weekend pretty much, and people would just come. They wouldn't know who's playing or anything. It just came. Just wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah. that like one, one night had a I did large, uh, a large, large chunk of the community that mm-hmm. would just come there to to be there whenever, mm-hmm. like when when I was. Yeah, it's not. It, they weren't. They weren't worried about who's playing or whatever. They just came for the vibe of the community that there was. And then, like a lot, a lot of that. And one like, of the times that that was most apparent. We I uh, organized a guitar hero, uh, guitar hero guitar tournament, hero tournament, and oh, yeah. uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny oh. uh, like sing along, yeah, karaoke thing. <laughs> and um, partway through Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, people were going up to Levi at the front desk, and we're like, "Where's the music? Where's the EDM?" <laughs> it's like, we're playing guitar hero. We're playing guitar, we're playing guitar, guitar hero. hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I've heard rumors of Warehouse 2.0 practically since the day after you guys were shut down. Any plans? Any future ideas? Where where are you guys at with that? Well, we had a project that was in progress, and then still can be revived. It's gonna. It's. But I don't it's know. So long. Yeah, kind of I. Thing. We had one show there. I think it, it was Tyler's birthday, mm-hmm. and we we. Yeah, me, Myco, and uh, Mason Hamilton Junkie's birthday, Marma Junkie, um, and we all just put all of our brains together and know, it, to it was bring like, a ton of people but together. But this warehouse, it was easily five or six times uh, mm-hmm. the size of our old yeah, warehouse. Yeah, it was, th- but it was, it was ten was, times. But it we was also not empty. Feet. It was, was a 000. it was a furniture, a, an abandoned mm-hmm. furniture warehouse. Abandoned furniture factory. Yeah. yeah, so they, but it was in Kansas, and Kansas basically said, if you guys are going to fix this up and create an actual venue, then you can you can do it you can you can be here and since you know a lot they, of they could they pink sheeted the building they condemned it yeah Ooh, uh, while we were in the process because oh, like yeah. a lot of the you know we had a big that, a lot of support that, from the yeah. from our old yeah, like, that was because page. we had we had the community the community doing but, uh, renovations so but a lot of renovations not professional up. renovations mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of gave up and like you know a lot of, not a lot of people knew what they were doing and the people that knew what they were doing which we had plenty of like volunteer construction workers electricians but all of them had very sparing schedules mm, so absolutely. like you know you'd see all of the the support that we were on that available. note shout out hunter cunningham <laughs> and uh nick anderson yeah for their construction help yeah yeah, uh, shout out Expertise. all shout out all of us for yeah. It. Shout out everyone who helped. But no, us, yeah. especially shout out Hunter because he put an entire section of roof in. But this, I it was just and, and Tyler, yeah. But Hunter, I've never Hunter roofed put, before, Hunter so put, like <laughs> I was moving slow. I was moving really slow. What uh, what advice would you give somebody who wanted to open up their own music venue, underground or otherwise? Ugh, that's tough one stuff. Mm, um, this is why we need John and Jessen. I mean, just. Read into the, the local right laws. Way. Read into your local get laws. Get some security. Get some security yeah. for sure. You yeah, got to make sure that you have security because you never know what kind of people are going to come inside your shit. And like, you know, and, and it's the doings of other people that will create a bad yeah. a reputation well, for I mean, you. Every person is a variable. And exactly. you put variables together. You don't really know what's going to happen. You know, they have an idea what they want to do. But they don't have any idea what someone else is gonna do. You know? Right. And when mm-hmm. people come together, it can be beautiful. It can also be mm-hmm. a lot chaotic. of work. Chaos. Chaotic, yeah. yeah. 
Um, if you had an unlimited budget to do something for the EDM scene, what do you think you would do? Oh, Another boy, warehouse. Uh, tipper <laughs> in, in a warehouse a, on Quadrifunks. Nice. Dolby nice Atmos warehouse. Yeah. Like they have out in St. Louis. What was that place called? Yeah. Uh, the, the St. Louis Underground, but. No, not I mean like, exactly like that. Not exactly like that. It would be ours. But yeah. I mean like a creative space like that. Mm -hmm. That place was so cool. Yeah. I think Push, that's one of my uh, favorite. Like, way more vibes. art. Way more art. Um, and and I want more of the art to be more interactive. Like a in a Meow Wolf space. kind of a sense. You know, yeah. where you can actually interact with the various pieces and stuff. And also have the opportunity to meet the artist while you're there. Yeah. So what do you think is some of the fallout from the whole situation, from everything that happened? What do you mean fallout? Um, pros, cons. You obviously got a good community together. What were some consequences, I guess, as well? I mean, a lot of the social media backlash kind of got us for a minute because, you know, everybody there was... There do be haters. A lot of Definitely. people were There's saying a lot haters. of shit that... They had no idea about they were just talking shit and you know like you know we're not perfect but it really kind of hurt to see everybody talk shit on our family community mm. space that we tried yeah. so, so hard fucking to hard to give everybody and, like, and we just wanted everybody the intentions there like you know? the intentions was like it, we needed I don't know. I feel like if a, more of the community would have put their imprint on the place and worked with us, then it might have. Then people might have liked it a little bit more. But honestly, I don't really mind if they liked it because we wanted people to be themselves. We wanted to be ourselves. We wanted to have a creative space that was unlike anything else in Kansas City. Because where else are you going to yeah. go whenever you want to paint randomly at six a.m. Yeah. and you have nobody to, yeah, to talk to? Yeah, I mean it was, it was filling you know, a niche. Like, Filling a niche just, market, and um, I mean, everybody has their own niche that they're trying to fill, you know, and it's not against anyone else's niche, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever get nervous? Absolutely. I get stage <laughs> fright. Yeah. Really bad. Uh, uh, Dylan remembers when I played, we played at the Granada that one time. I, <laughs> I don't even think I hardly touched the deck because I was too nervous. I don't know. That was so pretty fucked up. I, I got, honestly, <laughs> A Allegedly. lot of my nervousness was killed by the warehouse. It yeah, made me less scared really to go. Built up the confidence. On, it, made, it made me less scared to go on a stage. Like I, mm. I can't, I'm not really a producer by any means. Any mm. music, I'm, I'm not. I've never been like that. I've never really played an instrument. She'll play but the same song like I five will, times in a night. I will, but I found myself on stage, like you know, like. <laughs> Freestyling or like, you know, like just having Doing like something a, way out of your comfort zone. Way out of my yeah. comfort zone because people are just on stage and they're just yeah. performing. You're and like you, you're comfortable. And it's you and your friends, you know? It's not like just a strictly uh, a DJ. It's everybody doing everything comfortably with each other. Like, and that was honestly the goal. Like, yeah, I mean, really, ultimately, I'd like to start an underground YMCA. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, how do you think EDM will continue to grow and evolve in the next five to ten years? Um, I hope that everybody keeps delving into other genres and combining drum and bass, yeah. perhaps. Yes. I keep hearing yes. drum There's and bass. Everybody more, wants I, drum well, and bass to be the just, next big thing. Like, artists produce one thing generally, and they get big off of one thing. Mm -hmm. 
and then uh, now they seem to have the balls to go out and mm. diversify and produce all kinds of other shit. I hope that that and that, keeps that is awesome. And I hope that, that keeps going the way like, it is. Getter is like one of the more ultimate examples, really. Like uh, his Visceral tour, he got booed off, off. In, in Lawrence, you know, for mm-hmm. for playing not dubstep, yeah, not for dubstep. playing yeah, and I yeah. future bass. I hated that. I was having, dude, and it was so. I was there. It was was good it was great you know what i wish that we would have been outside to be like hey we should come play at the warehouse <laughs> get her at the warehouse i'm um, down yeah. <laughs> whatever he wants to be at the warehouse we're down <laughs> yeah get her back to back uh puya at the warehouse okay the only part back to back Nicki Minaj. Not yeah really. We're probably looking a little close on time, but what can we look forward to from the future? What What's the next show? What are you guys producing next? When is Ranch Fest too? Oh God! What? Yeah. What is? What is? What is for the future? Uh, Ranch Fest absolutely has to happen. Ranch Fest um, is happening. It's we in the works. talked to Oak Spirit Sanctuary, the venue that we used for the last Ranch Fest, and they are welcome to having us back. We just have to have a full-on meeting with them, and we have to organize it. So, 2023, let's go. I think 2023 um, is going to happen. No. Um, also, we're, um, we're having Shook Night at the Levee mm-hmm. with Impacts. Yeah, next so. Wednesday, April 13th. We're, and we're doing that. April and April 30th, we have some Denver boys coming out, um, as well as a ton of really good locals, including... Mm-hmm. The good ones, yeah. Including well, the good ones, yeah. So save the day, April thirtieth. We're um, we're gonna we're gonna play soccer some. nation, soccer full nation. indoor festy vibes, vendors on canopies. Um, Look forward to more soccer shows. nation shows. Yep, we're trying to do it monthly now. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for your time and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on. Thank um, you for being I'm with looking us. forward to these next two shows. I'm looking forward to ne- next Ranch Fest. And I appreciate everything. And if you stay tuned, uh, there should be a 30-minute cut from DJ Take Pants Off after the show. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Shout out Brendan Thomas. Shout out Jay Patrick. Shout out Jesse Kane and Bass Hurts Productions. Also, big shout out. Big, big, big shout out to my partners, John and Chanston, for everything and all the time, forever. And shout out to Tyler. Shout out to me. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody who went to the warehouse, yes. (laughs) What could you tell us about the history of the warehouse? Um, Not much. I know where it's at.
Yeah.